0: Uh, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ryan Holt Show podcast, episode 100. Oh my god, I really don't have any words for, for how I feel. It's been a it's been an amazing journey. We technically started the podcast, I mean, I, I don't know exactly, I probably should, but I know it was maybe about two years ago, and we kind of fired up some episodes and then it kind of sat, sat for a few reasons. Number one, I was, you know, extremely busy. Number two, I think there's a little bit of imposter syndrome because I started up this thing and then I kind of thought... Where the heck do I want to go with it? Um, And it's been a journey. And when I kind of opened up on episode one, you know, through 10 and all these things, everybody who's been following along, which is amazing because we've had literally people follow along the journey. As they've said, you know, you always said you kind of wanted to take us on the journey of failure with you. And that's kind of what we did with the show. So, uh, but that is enough of me talking. Uh, You know, I kind of thought on episode 99, what the heck do I want to do for episode 100? And I was going to kind of do a little look back. And when I push it on social media and stuff, I am going to kind of clip some stuff in there and whatnot. But then, you know, the gold list special comes comes into the inbox and says, you know, maybe somebody should interview you, which which I've, I, you know, a few people suggested that. And I just kind of thought, well, who the heck could interview me? That is kind of the way I want to be interviewed. And there's no better person to do it other than you. I mean, you, you know, the journey. We've talked a lot, we met in person, you've been along this, you know, it's interesting because I think we've been, you know, our most consistent part, uh, you know, being with the show was kind of when we started, when we brought you on for the first time and then we kind of, we said, you know, I kind of thought in my mind, you know, I really want to do this and go at it. So you've kind of been here. I want to say since kind of we said, yeah, let's push this out. So you mean the world to 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 myself and the Team Holds squad and, and all the listeners in the audience. So uh, it's your show now, Jordana. Welcome you to the show, but this is where I stop.
1: I love it. I love it. Thank you. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm honored. I'm excited. Um, as you know, I don't often listen to podcasts, mm. and uh, that's just, you know, a, a time crunch for me, but I was scrolling on, on Instagram, and I came across one of your posts about the show you did with Evan Carmichael, and mm. I and I just pushed play, and I was listening, you know, it he wanted to bring value to you in the interview and Mm. as i was listening and as you were talking about episode 100 uh, i just thought wow it would be really cool for you to be interviewed so that you can tell the listeners about your journey and you you can sort of immortalize what the first 100 episodes was um and so you know that's why i sent you the email and said hey for your 100th episode why don't you be interviewed and when you wrote back and said well do you want to interview me i was like yeah, hundred percent. Let's do this. So, so I've been doing my research. Um, I happen to know that your first episode was recorded just a few weeks before your son was born. Oh, that's how, that's how long you've been doing this, uh, and yeah. he's now three.
0: Yes, three. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So wow. How long
1: you have been at this show, um, and I listened to a sampling of you know you know throughout the years. So I want to take you back like in time to episode one um this was a solo podcast and in fact in your first 10 episodes you only interviewed one person we'll get to that but one of the things you said in your first podcast was you felt that it was hard for you to get started on this project because of the fear of whether or not you were going to bring value to your listeners. Mm. It was one of the things that you had to sort of overcome in order to get started with episode one. Mm. So I, I want to ask you if you still feel that way, do you still ever feel that fear of, am I really bringing value to the people that listen to my podcast?
0: You know, it's interesting. I think that uh, it's a great question because I kind of I think back, you know, and I I think it was interesting because, you know, entrepreneurship obviously is a big thing for me. But how I've always built my business is you know, and I, I kind of said this, you know, I, we, we had Brad, Brad Leon, which I know you like, and I told him, I said, Brad, I'm kind of a pussy when it comes to sales. You know, I, I don't <laughs> go, I don't, I don't go in cold. I don't, you know, I, I, I think I, you know, I, it's not that rejection is going to crush me or anything. I just, I always kind of feel like I don't want to annoy somebody, have a hard time asking for things, you know, I mean, I don't ask for favors. I don't, I just don't ask. And I, I don't ever want that you know for people who are listening to think that that's a good thing because I think that when you build value with somebody or something I think it is okay to ask I do I think that there's a certain point of the relationship where you mutually want to you know provide value to one another so when I created the podcast it was more so like Ryan put up or shut up because You know, I've went on TV and media and talked about marketing and expert and all this stuff, but I always feel like I did it to be like a little bit politically correct. You know, I always in the back of my head, what would people kind of want to hear? And, And, you know, when you have a podcast and you want to create value, it's not necessarily always what your audience wants to hear. And that's why you're right. Evan Carmichael, episode 99. I said, fuck it. You know, like, you know, he sent over this whole thing about you can use me and abuse me basically for the whole podcast. You don't have to ask me (laughs) any damn question about myself. And I just thought about it. And I'm like, you know, Ryan, this is the time you're just going to take, man. You're going to take this whole interview. It's going to be completely self-serving, you know, because so to speak, right? You and I, everything kind of ties in because you and I have talked at length about, you know, sitting on the fence. I talked about capacity. I said I'm at 36%. And I do feel that way because there's a few things that it's like, you need to refine that and you need to go over and you need to kind of push that out. Uh, do I have a fear that I bring value to people at this point? No. Did I ever, when it came to the podcast and the way it was delivered, I had that fear because I, it's it's kind of a happy medium of you know pushing out a show that is done well, but then that's not overly scripted at the same time. And when we look at our show numbers and our downloads and our episodes, it's amazing. We take a little longer to get a listener, but once we get that listener, we're talking like a ninety nine point nine percent retention. So when somebody drops into our our podcast, like they're, they're life, man, they're they're staying with us, right? So so
1: you know at this point, like at episode one hundred, you know you bring value to the people that listen to you. Like you know that in your heart. When did that shift? Happen like surely it was before episode 99 with Evan Carmichael Mm. at what point you know did it take 10 episodes 20 episodes and and this is more a question for the you know listeners out there who are trying to do something and need to recognize that you know you will fail or you will have that sense of fear of failure Mm. for a while right Mm. I think a lot of people think that like it's just an on-off switch and you and I as entrepreneurs know that's definitely not the case so Mm. Looking back on the last hundred episodes, the last three years of podcasting, at what point did you realize like, oh shit, I really do bring value to people. There is something that I'm providing that people really, they need to hear. And you know that because they keep coming back for more.
0: It's interesting because when I, I wanted to bring value and I always want to bring value and I always brought value in a positivity way. You know, people would look on my social media and always be like, Ryan is always uplifting just in the way I live my life. I know it's very inspiring. And if people know my story about my life, that's inspiring in itself. What I really wanted to take to the next level was was the the conduit or the, the car, so to speak, to take all of that and deliver it in a way that people could actually understand i live in my own brain for so long in my life it was extremely like i'd sit down with writers and i mean if you ask me what profession i really admire a lot is i admire writers i admire people who have the under, who have the understanding to be able to get their thoughts onto paper or to be ex- to be able to explain it in a way that actually somebody else can explain episode 26 was a turning point jason maiden first Nike Air Jordan lead designer in the in the world. He was our biggest guest at that time, and he said, "Ryan, if you can't explain it to an eight-year-old or an 88-year-old, you don't know it well enough yourself." And that was the turning point of of our of our show because I I think I wanted us just to validate to our audience that hey man, we can get some big people, some big guests on our show that are doing massive shows. I mean, from the Larry King shows all the way to you name it, we've had right. For for guests and episode 26 was for me that turning point because I talked to somebody. Jason Maiden wasn't just the first African American uh, shoe designer for Nike Air Jordan. Jason Maiden is a is a practitioner with words. This guy is beyond brilliant in, in his head. So the words he uses in the vernacular, I said if I can if I can hold down the fort with this guy for 60 minutes i can hold down the fort with anybody in terms of intellect and we crushed that episode so episode 26 for sure got off of it you know popped some nice cognac and said this is going to be some shit going forward
1: that's awesome that's a great feeling to have for sure Mm -hmm. now the first interview you did was in episode six and you interviewed Beverly Teresa
0: <laughs> yes yes wow that you're taking me all the way back yes so
1: episode one to five was all Ryan Holtz. it was just yeah. you talking mostly marketing you know you wanted to talk about what you knew and what you were comfortable sharing and you could tell like listening to those few episodes and I know you know episode one to ten was quite a <laughs> learning experience for you and I'll <laughs> leave it at that yeah. but you know the first five were all just you sharing and so Why did you decide that you wanted to start bringing people on to interview or was that always the plan?
0: Well, let me give you I got to give you a funny story, because in Edmonton, I always go to the same hot yoga studio, you know, prior to this COVID-19 stuff, love hot yoga. And uh, there's this older gentleman there. He's like got to be like 75. And, you know, he's like ritual 6 a.m., 9 a.m. class. And we'd flow it out. And he's like, man, you know, you talk really good. Like, what do you do for a living? You know, just casual conversation. I think he worked in law enforcement as a cop or something back in the day. And I said, well, you know, I have a marketing agency. And then I started this little podcast up. And he said, what's the podcast? And I think at that time, we're only on like episode, I don't know, maybe like nine. So he went and listened to it. He comes back like a week later. Oh, it was was such a shot to the ego. Because he's like, I'm like, what did you think of it? He's like, yeah it was it was it was okay like it was it was okay and i was just like what does that mean and he's like well i i I know you in person like i see you in person i don't feel like that really translated into but he said i do understand it's your first few episodes so maybe this is just some learning curve and it wasn't like and i asked him for the feedback and you know you know this still to this day you know if you take any pride in what you do if if you get feedback that is kind of like damn for, like it doesn't feel the best. It's it's done in goodwill and it's good spirit. We all need good like feedback to move ahead and and get better. But it, it did kind of crush a bit. So it's kind of going into your into your question of. I just figured that I didn't want to make everything about me. And when I started to bring people on to interview, even in my marketing and even when we execute campaigns for brands, the first thing I say to any brand is. Don't make this campaign about you. Use this to showcase all of of everybody else, right? I'll never forget. We did this campaign. It was called Share Your Story. It was with Ford. And rather than talking about a stupid vehicle that nobody cares about, we talked about the fact that, you know, we basically launched a competition. We gave away a car and we said, well, how cool would it be if we took like, you know, put a competition on Facebook saying, for everybody who's going through a tough time in life right now, nominate somebody, Tell, share their story as to why they should win this car. I mean, we've got a million stories out of this campaign, right? It, you know, it was voted on it. We made it about the people. And for me, bringing on guests is always about making about the people. Because I've had guests that have been on the show, and I've had, um, you know, uh, other people who have listened to the show, and they've said, man, Ryan, I never heard of that person before. Thank you so much for turning me on to that person. And now they're following their content, right? And I'm working, my show is used as a DJ. I'm a great DJ at content, right? I don't need to know everything, but I know how to fucking mix content and deliver that shit to the right person at the right time. So if I see something that I think is great, I want to showcase it on my show to get it out to you. Case in point, I'm not a lawyer. You're a lawyer. That's your expertise. I want to use your brain to educate other people listening to that you win because you look more like an expert in authority I win because I'm serving an audience with some really great valuable information and then the Ryan Holtz part of it comes on to here's let's inject some personality and get to the heart of the matter I don't do the politically correct I do ask the the questions that people are like I cannot believe you asked that question this person said they didn't want to have kids. <laughs> this person said they didn't want to have kids. And you asked them, is this a health issue? Or, or like, right. you know, but it, it, I ask you in such a way that I'm just curious, you know, and that's why, you know, curiosity and provoke is our mandate. And we're,
1: we're going to talk about when yes. that started. Yes, itself, yes, for yes. sure. Because that's huge. Um, but I do want to ask this. so. When you did that first interview with Barbara Teresa, you told her that you chose her as your first guest because she is real and would give real talk in marketing. Yes, And that's a theme that still carries through today, right? Like you're very big and you just sort of said, I'll ask the shit that's not politically correct because that's what's in your mind. And you'll say it because that's in your mind, right? Mm. Like real talk is so important to you. Did you always know, like from the beginning of this podcast, that it was going to be important for you to not necessarily put that politically correct marketing spin on things, right? Because real talk can turn some people off, right? Mm-hmm. You can lose some people who are, you know, offended, for example, Absolutely. or triggered. Like we have these, you know, big words that we're throwing around today to try to make everyone feel safe. Yep. And the beauty of Real Talk is that, you know, you don't make progress by always staying in your safety zone. And so mm. Real Talk, at least when I think of it, is ripping off that safety band or that safety net and saying, mm-hmm. let's like really get down to business here. So is that something you knew from the start was going to be an angle for you as you moved through the podcast and brought on, mm. especially guests that weren't within your world of marketing when you started expanding into other avenues?
0: April twenty second, nineteen eighty four. My mom, Pauline Faith Holtz, brought me into this world, and from there I didn't shut up. Real talk has always been in my DNA. (laughs) My grade twelve yearbook picture, my grade twelve yearbook quote was, "I'm not cocky, I'm convinced," and that meant that. And I can show you pages of affirmations I was writing to myself in grade seven, eight. Literally the same thing. One page, like I show, I showed it to, to my wife a few months ago. She's like, "Wow." grade seven it's dated 1990 something says you know i'm gonna make a huge impact on the world you know and really understanding kind of what my crusade was i don't know how to be anything but real talk and it's amazing when somebody compliments you and says well ryan that's great i really love your stuff it's just so refreshing what i'm just simply saying what i'm what i think and feel And I wish more people would do that. This is never going away. Look where we're at, right? Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, all these things. People are dying. Holocaust, all these crazy, crazy events in the world. And people ask the question, have we grown? Yes, we've grown. But look what's going on right now. It kind of shows you how much more we need to grow, right? Now, if I sit down and have a, a, a conversation with Jordana Goldlist, and I'm not giving you what I wanna actually say to you, I'm putting you in a bad position to even respond because how can you respond to somebody that's not even being real with you? The whole precipice of a relationship and life is is bar, is literally pushed on communication, right? Like if people could talk and express themselves better, murders would go down, domestic violence would go down. Like the communication aspect of everything, and it starts with, for me, I feel, is in people's childhoods, right? The parents and and all of that, I feel, plays such a big role. And real talk is just not happening, in my opinion. Well, how do you
1: reconcile the idea of the need for real talk in a world that's becoming increasingly fake and virtual, right? <laughs> We're at a point, and hopefully... Hopefully, we clear, we we go back to in-person, you know, realities. But life has shifted as a result of COVID-19 to being in these digital worlds where you're losing a lot of the human element, right? Yep. You're losing that eye contact, you're losing the exchange of energy. And, you know, it's becoming increasingly more common that we're doing this. I certainly hope we go back to more one-on-one personal FaceTime at some point when you know the powers that be determined it's safe um but you know even when you think about like instagram right you can have people that have like hundreds of thousands of followers but no real friends because no. they're fucking assholes right yep. like that's yep. that's the reality of the superficial fake world we live in so how do you reconcile those two realities and actually separate what's real from what's superficial that that you're faced with
0: Do you ask that question in the sense of the the content I'm putting out or like the way I live my life or the way I balance them? Like explain that better for me. Like what context are you giving me that question in?
1: So you give real talk, right? You don't have that filter to say I shouldn't be asking this. Correct. And I would think that you at least not necessarily demand. It's not the right word, but you appreciate real talk from those that you encounter yes so how do you separate you know you're real but how are you able to separate in such a fake digital world when people are presenting to you real versus superficial how do you know when you're talking to someone you're like yeah this dude's fucking
0: real (sighs) yeah I mean it, it it happens so uh rare you know it really does I mean I I can tell by somebody like I always tell people I'm like I don't know what pictures you're posting online but just remember you're gonna have to meet that person for lunch sometimes so if you're making yourself look like 70 pounds lighter like they're gonna see the behemoth <laughs> that walks into the restaurant like come on yeah, at some at some point at some point you're gonna have to get off the digital and go to the the offline Let, let's be clear here right um but i i i i really understand how people are like for instance right when somebody engages with me I, like somebody used to follow like people used like on Twitter Twitter was my big big platform you know originally in terms of social media and somebody would follow me and I'd always follow back it's just the thing I would always do and then I started like as I started you know really using social media a lot more and then obviously being a marketer I mean you need to know social media it's it's the precipice of everything but I really figured out Wow, why am I opening up my social media and I'm not liking what I'm seeing? Like there's all these things coming down my timeline. It started getting messy. I'm seeing all kinds of crap that I'm like, I don't want to see that. Like I don't need to see some girl hanging her, you know, boobs out all the time or some guy that's like, "Yo, dude, you know, I'm just I'm just flexing in the gym and I know." I'm like, "Dude, the only thing you got is a muscle, but even even if you step into the ring, you're going to get your ass kicked cuz you got no damn heart, brother. You got no heart." And I and I and I have to keep things real that way. So, I do little tests. You know, when somebody messages me, I look at how they message me. You know, are they saying, yo, Ryan, man, this, is, you know, I love your stuff and this and that. I'm like, okay. Can I ask a couple feeder questions? It doesn't take long to realize who you're talking to when you ask them a couple questions back, you know, immediately that kind of get to their heart. Some people, they always respond the same way. Some run, right? Some kind of are like, uh, prayer hands. And some, they're like, they actually get into the conversation with you. So for me, that's how I ascertain if I'm talking to somebody who's real. For me, with my podcast, the one thing I wanted to do off the hop and in business in general is I want to quickly, 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 even when I go give a keynote, whether it's to 10 people or 10,000 people, I want to immediately get the people who cannot stand my guts. I want to identify them quick and get the... get them the fuck out of there i could care less (laughs) because i'm not there to talk to them they're not my people i'm there to talk to my people and when you're the more provocative you are the clearer and the quicker you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna wave out who is here for your message and who is not that being said real talk to me shouldn't be you know rude it shouldn't be i'm not gonna come out and become this you know dictator style voice where I'm spreading negativity and I'm saying garbage things. No, no, no,
1: for sure. It's it, When I right? say you know you don't have a filter, it's not to suggest you're yeah. going to be offensive, yes. but it's also not. You're not going to sugarcoat what you need to ask yes. if you need to ask someone to get to the truth. That's, yeah. we'll be clear here. And anyone who's listened to any of your shows understands you're not yes. a, this offensive, abrasive personality but you cut through the bullshit and that's but, really But here's what the
0: mad here's the magic of it Jordana like when you talk to somebody like when I'm like like my time right with you right now I'm you're my whole focus The only thing, I I always have my phone there in case my wife calls and says, man, there's something wrong with my kids. It's the only time I'm ever going to interrupt something because it's an emergency. But other than that, I'm 100% focused on the time that we spend always. And to me, there's no better respect you can give to somebody than your undivided attention and time, right? Absolutely. But if I didn't ask the questions of of you or somebody else, there's so many great things inside of people that they want to get out. And they just often sometimes don't get that right time or that right question or that right person that comes along to ask those questions. Right. I die for people to ask me questions when somebody asks me a great question. I'm like, it's like a drug for me. Like, Oh my God. I like, you start (laughs) asking me, you start asking Ryan Holtz, great questions. Like we're going to be homies for life.
1: Well, we're just, we're just getting started. so.
0: You like this episode again. Thank you so much for listening and your support. As a friendly reminder, please drop that five star review on iTunes or anywhere you're consuming this podcast. And just a friendly reminder we are on YouTube now. Go to youtube.com forward slash Ryan Holtz and click the notification bell and subscribe. We appreciate you. And remember, curiosity should always be your mandate enjoy
1: oh so, so you <laughs> and Eric had this really interesting discussion about what it takes to be successful in marketing yep. and as a lawyer I know nothing about what it takes to be successful in marketing I just know what it takes to be you know successful as a lawyer and there's it was interesting because I was thinking about the metrics right by which you judge success correct and so since it's your hundredth episode I want to ask you. You know, you've won awards. You've talked to some fabulous people, um, and we'll get to some of the the last few episodes you've done. Um, I know you said you interviewed Brad Lee, who's one of my, yeah, you know, know, one of the few motivational speakers that I actually follow and listen to because I just yep. I love his shit. But I want to ask you what metrics you use to define success as a podcaster, and whether you see yourself as successful within this field within podcasting
0: uh i think well you know it's interesting because a podcast right uh and i know you 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 talked about it but at first it was called the reinhold show and then it was called the reinhold show podcast for me the podcast is just the medium meaning it's on apple and itunes and google play and all that uh which is you know irrelevant because maybe those in 10 years maybe they're not as popular so um youtube is huge but for me, and anybody who's listening to this too, my definition of success, number one has to be, are you enjoying what you're doing? Like, are you having a good time? Are you liking what you're putting out? Um, but what I really, really have to say for me is the number one metric is is that, do I like what I'm putting out? But the other metric is how much I've learned, how much I have learned from the guests in which I've had on, Right. Um how much uh you know the feedback I've gotten where people are like man I really love that and we've gotten some negative feedback we have a couple of negative reviews and stuff like that those I think are great too um but the ultimate metric for me is is this shit actually impacting people it's really simple is it impacting people? Are people listening to it? Are they getting value from it? And are they learning from it? And are we increasing our downloads? Are we increasing our reach every single month that we're pushing out content? Because to me, I am a numbers person and I and numbers never tell a lie. You know, are you increasing? It's amazing. You know, I mean, the numbers we're putting out now are, are, are ridiculous, you know, and I'm proud to say we haven't really... Taking on any big advertiser or anything like this at this point we've had a couple small advertisers um and we've kind of you know just kept pushing out content that way to really figure out where we want to go uh do i feel like i'm successful as a podcaster 100 percent. i mean the the amount i'm very self-aware i know how many buckets that i have you know, I'm analytical. I can talk. I can, I can go. I can talk to, you know, a redneck person. I could talk to a Jewish person. I could talk to a black person, Asian person. I could talk to somebody who's got no education. I could talk to somebody who's, who, who's a successful kingpin drug dealer. I could have everybody at the table, and we, and I know I could actually bring us all together to have a really nice meal, and I could make it work. And not a lot of people can do that. So, do I feel successful as a podcaster? 100 percent, because podcasting. For me, it gave me an excuse to bring okay, you're a great public speaker, you're very analytical with the numbers, you are consistently curious. Ryan, take something and build something constructive with all of that.
1: So, okay, you brought up curious. I was gonna ask this question a little bit later on, but you know what? It's no, here no, now.
0: No. There you go. The, the
1: first the first 10 episodes, the first you know, 20 episodes. Curiosity was not your mandate.
0: No, you don't. No.
1: You didn't talk about curiosity. You didn't even have a mandate that you were telling your, your listeners about. You sort of listed all the different areas of marketing that you were interested in, and yeah. uh, and you just said it's about me and it's going to help you. you know <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, straight you up. you doing for the few, yeah, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. And you did. You accomplished that, but somewhere along the line, you really focused, right? And. A, a lot of people doing a lot of different industries right i started practicing criminal defense law and it was like you're charged with a crime basically i'll represent you anywhere in ontario i don't care and then and then i focused over the years and now it's like a really niche market right like most mm. of my practice is murder at this point so you really have to like hone in and be a master of your craft so at what point did you start thinking i need a mandate and at what point did you start thinking curiosity is going to be my mandate or did you more just do a few episodes and think you know what i want to change the parameters by which i'm approaching this podcast
0: well it's interesting because i felt at the first 10 episodes after that i, I kind of you know it's weird because i kind of thought you know ryan like what are you doing right now like are you, are you gonna put out something consistent or are you not gonna put out something consistent I think people do notice and, the, and my name is attached to that. And it's like, it's like you saying, Hey, you know, client, I'm going to represent you in a murder case and you don't even show up for the court. Like you're not going to have a successful business if you keep doing that. Like it's, you're, you don't, you don't look reliable. Right. Um, and you know, when you put out content, I think I kind of thought, Oh, you know, this is really fun and I'll just kind of put that out. And you know, when people start listening, they're like, dude, I haven't seen an episode drop for like three months, four months. Well, like, what's going on here? And I just kind of right. thought, yo, man, if you're not going to take this seriously, you better scrap this thing and get rid of it and, you know, continue on your way or you're going to, you know, build this up and push it out. It's a great question because I kind of thought and, I, and and the honest answer is I didn't know what I or where I wanted to take people in the first few episodes. And I really talked a lot. If you listen to a couple of them, like I was very candid about it. I'm like, you're going to come on a journey with me. And we might not go into any place I even know where we're going. So basically take my hand and let me lead you into the dark because I don't even know where the (laughs) next step is, right? And I I had to think to myself, I'm like, well, where do I want to take these people? And where do I want to take myself? And, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer. Like, you, you know, you got your who judges the judge. It's great. It's clear. It's concise. I can understand it. You could explain it to somebody who's, you know, young, old. They can get it. And for the podcast, I said, dude don't make this complicated like what is your mandate here and say it and repeat it so people understand so that all roads lead into this at least one or two words that people are like this is what this show is really about i'm sure now that you kind of have came fast forward you actually see how much i don't talk about marketing (laughs) right the show was supposed to be the show was supposed to be you know marketing and business focused and then And again, you know, Nora, when I talked to Nora, I just said, I I mean, there's so many things I want to talk about. Like, I don't want to just talk about marketing. Like, if we go on the street right now and you ask 10 people on the road, are you interested in business or marketing? Oh, you know, most people are not unless you're in business or marketing. But people are interested in food. People are interested in, you know, father, parenting. You know, drugs, crime, guns, like things that people are, you know, these are evergreen pieces of content that people will always have an opinion about. And that's where the whole curiosity really came in, because I said, well, I want to use the show. And that, I guess to answer your question, is where I shifted from this is going to be about Ryan Holtz and my expertise on my said field into, oh, no, 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 this is going to be about the people. And we're going to really start bringing in issues that a lot of people care about. And it was a strategy because I said, I want numbers here. I want to get numbers up. And when you talk about marketing as opposed to racism, I mean, my God, you know, the average person is going to want to hear what you have to say about racism, you know, as opposed to marketing. And es- I love-
1: especially coming from a German Jamaican. Right? <laughs> right? When you right? want to talk about racism, let's talk about where Pers- two worlds collide.
0: Yes. For sure. Yes. And, you know, the perspective too, right? Again, you know, when you're building a business and you're, you know, you come from the background that I do, You know, everything for me was always based on strategy, like in business. Well, what kind of business would work? When I started my, you know, first business at 24, it was, you know, okay, well, where is the oil and gas sector going? Wait a sec, you want me to do your daughter's wedding for video because we did your health and safety <laughs> video for your oil company w- wait a sec then all of a sudden you go in there and you're like holy crap in my local market thousands of people are getting married a year they're willing to drop three to five grand on a video if you crank out 100 videos a year at five grand a pop i mean you're ma- <laughs> you're making uh, some good money right um absolutely so, so everything was always based on strategy and to be honest Jordana, i didn't really ask myself well ryan who like what the fuck do you like what's your passion Everything was based on how do I make money? How do I get to the next level and, you know, push on in life? And then, you know, I built this great business up and all that sold at 27, worked at a dealership as an internet marketing director for a year, tons of press, first dealership to be featured alongside Barack Obama, did that shit in eight months, then said, time to go. I'm the man. I'm going to open up my own agency talking to you now. And it was always just boom and boom and boom, never slowing down, never slowing down, getting on the plane 79 times in 2016, 79 times on a plane, man. Like, I mean, I'm seeing the same captains, flight attendants, you know, flying, flying home from Jamaica on the same day that I'm flying back out to Toronto, being in the Toronto airport twice in 24 hour period. And I'm living out West, right? So that is the answer. It's, it's just, you know, trying to figure out what the hell do I even like? Where do I want to go with this? and that's where curiosity came
1: and and have you always been a curious person like setting aside the mandate of the podcast ryan holtz is a human were you always curious were you always that you know that kid that teenager that young adult wanting to know about things that didn't necessarily like pertain to how you were living life right because curiosity has to be something that if you're curious about something it's not just about something that's going to benefit for you it's you know the general knowledge of the world around you Mm. so would you describe yourself as a person as being curious in nature or was curiosity as a mandate more of a a way for your podcast to grow a larger audience and you know for you to sort of grow within the parameters of that
0: man even when I was like three four years old I look at my son I was wearing my nice little dress pants and white dress shirt because my mom put me in modeling. So I have a lot of Zellers catalog flyers of me modeling like Ninja Turtle sweatpants. True story. And <laughs> I was always, I was always, I was always curious because. We need
1: those on the wall behind yeah. you. I want to
0: see it <laughs> on the wall behind you. Okay. I know. Uh, you know, it was, it was one of those things where I was always curious, you know, and I think that uh, a lot of my curiosity always came from, you know, the humble beginning because I always, I wonder like. What is it like to live that kind of life? What is it like to like make sure that you have food on the table? What is it like to have these comforts of life? Like, you know, I'm going to school, sitting down, opening up my lunch bag, wondering, like, how come I don't have fruit snacks in my lunch bag? You know, how, something so simple. I started getting curious as to how other people would live because something inside myself said, well, Ryan, this is not the life you want to live when you get older. And my mom passed away. My mom did the best she could No, no beef with her at all. She's a fantastic woman. You know, I never had a dad, you know, and now I'm a dad and I'm like, how could you leave your kids behind? Like, how could you do that? That's crazy to me. Like, now that I'm actually a dad, I'm like, you have to, it takes a certain kind of dirt person to to abandon your kids. Like, it. it, but, so this is where the curiosity always came and I always figured out it was also, also a protection method for me. It was also a defense mechanism. The more questions I asked, the, the more secure I felt in what I was about to enter into whether that was a relationship whether that was a path in life teacher says okay two plus two is four why well it is okay why yeah i was a guy why well why is it really four <laughs> is it 44 is it 45 <laughs> is it 46 right so it's like you know um that's where the curiosity so you were that in. in school I was, but I was a cool kid, you know? I, I mean, I always played football, and then I and then I played, and then I went into choral. I, I was in band, because so, I know how to play the trumpet and the saxophone, right? So I literally go from football practice into band camp. And it's literally oh like the God. movie.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That's where the chameleon in you comes from, yeah. for sure. You can, you know, kick it with the jocks and still slide into the band, yeah. Dude, Absolutely. like playing a clarinet. of yeah. Of all...
0: That's
1: so yeah. Funny. So okay, I had you know in, in preparing for today, and so your listeners know, I'm jumping to some random episodes. Um, I asked you for your top five and yep. your worst ten, and so I, I'm gonna filter through some of them. And and one of your your top five was episode 71 with Patrick Bet David.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Why was that one of your top? What was it pa- about that particular episode?
0: Because Patrick But David is a whale. I mean, he's a 41-year-old guy, Middle Eastern guy, Iranian, um, you know, does not come from a, a family, a wealthy family at all, uh, parents divorced, which is very interesting, especially in the Middle Eastern community, and really came, like, from zero and, ma- and managed to build an agency, an insurance agency in the United States to, like, 10,000, 15,000 agents. The dude's only 42 years old now. He's running, I mean, a Fortune 500 company, like, and uh, literally was the guy that, you know, military, just this whole story. I mean, how do you go from literally zero into building something like that um, at that age? And, you know, he's a world, world world-renowned name in terms of business, in terms of insurance, in terms of sales and everything. He runs the second largest YouTube channel, Valuetainment. And he's, he's a weird dude. And and I I get turned on to people quick when I see them interacting with somebody or they're interviewing somebody else. The kind of questions he asks. He talks about, man, the guy talks about feet. He talks about why he doesn't want to do his hair in the morning because he finds it stressful. That's why you love him. You know, yeah, because he's, he's, he's talking about, fetish, yeah, hair. like you're not, like when you talk, when you're sitting there looking at somebody, it's like dating, right? Like, it, it, you know, whoever you want your partner to be, but... If like somebody notices the obvious, like it's boring to me, dude. What? Like I have friends. Yo, Ryan, how do you get that girl? You know, man, don't talk to her about her butt or boobs. Like I don't give a <laughs> shit about. Like, like I'm 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 trying to make love to your mind. Like once the mind is there, oh, that's it. So I'm I, and I operate on a very high frequency. So you talk about energy transfer. Patrick, but David was was a whale guest, and I know that for every thousand inquiries he gets, he doesn't do any interviews. I mean, the guy's only done a handful of interviews, and I met I literally sent him a video on Instagram uh, twice a week for six months, and I was just like, "Hey Pat, wow. how's it going?" You know, tell your wife, I say hi, Jen. Like, it was just so, uh, there was no pitching. There was no nothing. And then he, and then the first video he sent back to me, he was at Caesars about to put on this big conference, Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. And he's like, dude, your energy is incredible. And then right. I waited because I didn't want to do the dude ask at that point because I'm like, oh, no, well, now you're just like some taker. L- let it yeah. go another couple months. And then by the time I said, yo, Pat, man, I really love to have you on my podcast. That was it. That was it. We did it. Right. And he's interviewed and, and after- everybody
1: so up until that point you know in the podcast history was that the hardest you had worked to get a particular guest on the show Mm, like up until that point because I found that like the first few quite a few um, interviews you did were people you know sort of on your level right like people that were local people that were in your network marketers Had yep. a real estate agent on at number 27 and i know yep. you're big into the real estate community You love real estate yep. so you know it was sort of people in your world and yep. and listening to the patrick bet david interview this was someone who was like next level but still a similar background like i feel yes. like you really connect to those of us that come from like humble beginnings to say the least right yes. like i'm no stranger about it now i'll be you know i'm fucking street kid over here trying yes. to like pop my teeth in, a, in an elitist world and uh, and I feel like you connect really well with people who have also struggled and then you know you sort of aspire to t- always go to the next level that, of course. You know, that's sort of a part of your personal mandate is, is leveling up course. and so was that what you know the Patrick David interview was for you was like taking the podcast and taking your own abilities to the next level?
0: Yeah, because I mean it's you know, and we talk about it, right? Every time you increase your position in life by twenty percent, you're in the bottom eighty. Every time you step into a new arena, when you go from the minors to the NBA, and you think you're Mister Fancy Pants and you can shoot the shot, everybody can shoot the same fucking shot, and they can do it with their eyes closed. So you're in the bottom eighty. So you got to work. You got to work. You got to you got to earn your earn your respect, right? And and for me, the podcast was. Yo, I don't even need to say Ryan Holtz Who's this dude interviewing Patrick Bedavid And he's got a global right. audience Who's this dude from Canada Who's interviewing this guy Automatically people, they're like, wow you're." It's like being associated with somebody Just because you're associated Who the hell's the person sitting beside Drake You know, smoking shisha you know, I don't know who that right. guy is Habibi, you know, Habibi <laughs> The BB the lounge, right You know what I'm saying So it's like, you know, it's for me, it was a test to myself. And then it was also just a little bit of credibility to what we're doing here and where we're going. But I do get uncomfortable talking a lot about myself in the sense because I don't want it to be this guy's just so full of himself. Like, you know, I don't want to come across that way. So I'm like, well, put somebody else out there who's on a different level than I am. And then. Give me some credibility because I'll show you that me and him can sit in the ring together too. You know what I'm saying? And Patrick with David was was that he probably is in terms of stature for sure. He's got to be our, you know one of our number one in terms of global reach guests, right? And as soon as you get Patrick with David, well, you can go to other people. Hey, Pat was on Ryan's show, so maybe I'll be on you know Ryan's show, right? You and I, you came on the precipice of 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 your life, you know, making changes and and going to next levels as well. So when you kind of hopped into this whole circle of the Ryan O'Show podcast, you know, you came into the gauntlet, man, but you like it. You <laughs> dig that. And you you know, you know you're like, man, like you cannot, you cannot get away from that. It's important.
1: I do. And you know what? And I, and I've said this to you before and I'll say it again on the podcast you know, for me, the most important or the, or the thing that really keeps me coming back and messaging is that realness with you. You know, it's not about, your podcasts aren't about trying to make yourself look good or even trying to make me look good. It's like, let's just have a real conversation here. You know, often before we're starting a podcast, it's like, okay, what kind of information do we want to get to the listeners that would be helpful to them? Yes. And so we have a great exchange just you know naturally um, but it becomes really how can we help get that information to other people and bring value to them by listening and that's you know when we chatted for a second before we went on air for this interview I said I'm doing this interview to showcase your journey but I'm also going to take you through the highs and lows so that your listeners understand and appreciate there are lows there are stepping stones you didn't Mm. just you know jump up to being able to interview the, you know, Bet David's of the world, the Brad Lees of the world, you know, Evan Carmichael, Tim Story, who obviously is just like a powerhouse of the human. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and he really is. I listened he to that is. interview a few times in getting ready for today because of how often and how much he factored into your Evan Carmichael interview. I yes. was like, and you know I don't really listen
0: to yeah. podcasts
1: for people, but I was like, all right, who is this dude that? both you and Evan Carmichael have such respect for Mm. Uh, and that for me made me want to see you know more about him and so I think it's important for your listeners especially those who have come in to the fray in the last let's say 25 or 30 episodes to understand the roller coaster and the the actual mm. journey, which wasn't always a straight line up, right? Mm. There have been interviews along the way where you're no. like, ah, I
0: didn't love that. And it's interesting because I get people all the time. They're they're trying to pitch. I get so many PR companies. You know, everybody's got a book release. They want to come on the show. <laughs> it's really interesting though. I have to, and I'll say this full disclosure too. <laughs> people are <laughs> trying oh, no. to pit. People are trying to pitch me on on the show. Like they're coming like. I think what's amazing is I got major people trying to get on my show and they're, they're talking about the show like it's this, this is a show you want to be on, which it's, it's humbling. It's it's also a testament to the work that we put in to get our show to be on that level where PR people are like, yo, you need, you need, you want to, you want Reid read, you got to go on Ryan's show. You got you want to, you want to get somebody to you, go on Ryan's show, but it's interesting because i i still see it as man i just started this shit up i was watching yo let's talk jordan this is a big moment my microphone this is the shure sm7b michael jackson used it to record thriller not this exact one but the same brand i seen this microphone because one of my favorite shows is the breakfast club charlemagne the god they talk about hip-hop and stuff it's a new york based syndicated show love the show figured out what kind of microphone are they using when got the microphone. Watched Pat Flynn's How to Start a Podcast in 10 Episodes. Shout out to Pat Flynn. I watched YouTube literally clicking. Here's how you do ID3 takes. Here's how you publish it. Like, literally <laughs> bootstrapping the shit. But to kind of go into your point, you're right. It's it's about when people approach me and they're like, Ryan, I want to be on the show. They talk about it. They talk about it like it's this cool thing and it's interesting and I respect it. But a lot of people come at me sideways and I'm like, you, you, you know, when you want to go on somebody's show or you want to be you know in touch with somebody pay them the respect to do the research you know understand what is the motive behind their show right when i get a guest on that i can't say come on my show cuz of me i got to say come on my show cuz of you everything has to be about serving them they're your guest so you need to make it about them right when i talk to you and i have you on it's about you right it's about serving you and it's you and i yes you don't want to make yourself look good to the public but you also don't want to make yourself look like an idiot either. So there's a level of you want to give value, but you also want to make sure that there's that authority and credibility behind what you're saying. And I think that's extremely important, right? You know, you will never achieve full success, though, until you tell your full story on purpose. And we know this. And I'm passionate about that. And I, I'm i happy you're asking these questions because it, 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 it touches my heart in the sense that I, I I'm fucking up in public. A lot of this shit, it was been fucking up. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing half the time. You know, coming into like, you know, before I got to that episode 25, and to to have people walk through that journey, you know, of understanding, wow, this guy's actually fucking up live. <laughs> like he's actually saying, you know, his mic cut out or something happened. Like I didn't edit anything out. I don't, and I and I never will, because it's my walking testament of like this shit starts at one and one does not look as good as a hundred and it's like you you know you know the famous saying don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 100 like don't do that right you're a great lawyer
1: i think the the important part of the journey isn't just that you went from like one to a hundred and look how good you are it's like look at the slow progression and i think people people don't get that you know i i'm I'm sure you get it all the time. I'm constantly getting these messages and these notes about how lucky I am. Oh, it must be nice. (laughs) I fucking hate that. Don't tell me it must be nice. I've spent 12 years building from the time I got out of law school to have what I have in the practice that I have. And I'm not done building, right? Like I'm just sort of starting. And this career will be a launch into the next into another, like I have, you know, projects that I want to do. It's going to take me another hundred years to to accomplish. Mm. And so I think it's important for your listeners as well to understand, you know, the progress that you've been making. And I think to mark the hundredth episode and we'll get to towards the end, I want to talk about what the next hundred look like, because I know this project is, you know, is so important to you, but I want to take you to episode 74.
0: Sure okay sure. this
1: wasn't on either of your lists sure but i did my own research i didn't stick to just what you told me sure. to look at i wanted to, to go beyond that so in october of 2019 yeah you put out a solo podcast and at this point like once you got into the 70s you were where you're at now which you put it about 98 percent guests but every so often you still pepper us with like Ryan Holt, you know, yes. raw, I'll call yes. it, because it's yes. just you talking yes. about what matters to you. You pick yes. a topic that's meaningful to you, and you yes. tell us what you need to say, which I love. But episode 74 in October 2019, you did a solo podcast called Buy This One Thing That Will Change Your Life.
0: Yes. Do you yes. remember that podcast? I do. I do.
1: And you told people, Buy a watch. And change the face to say that time is now. Mm. And then talking about that, you know, I'm a watch collector.
0: <laughs> I,
1: had a bit of I a know. I Thinking about, oh my God, am I going to take my Rolex, my Frank Mueller? What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Changing the face completely. Um, but, you know, you went on to say that you're a marketer, and, you know, the title was about taking advantage of the day it was sort of a carp dm seize the day kind of moment and you wanted people to really appreciate that what was happening in your life that inspired Mm. that episode
0: Uh,
1: and that's why i want to think back to october 2019 personal life professional life what is it that was going on with ryan holtz that made you want to do this podcast explaining to people the importance of seizing the day
0: just because i I feel like again you know i you open up your phone or you talk to people and the amount of um disrespect that people have for time is is appalling um you know it's a one in like i don't know seven trillion chance of being born so when somebody says oh my god i wish i wasn't born i'm like what a slap in the face of whatever you pray to in life in general, but more to yourself. And it's, I believe everybody should always forgive themselves, forgive themselves for the past discretions, forgive themselves for the life they led once, forgive themselves and move on. And, you know, keep the promise to yourself. So many people, everything starts with you. I realized really early on in life, I was not running this race against anybody else. I've always been running the race against myself. Right. And the horses with the blinders and the sprinter. I became a better sprinter in, in, in college when I learned to not look left or right and just look straight and, and and maintain that focus. And time, you know, I get a lot of messages. I get a lot of messages on social media, a lot of emails. And there's a lot of ego-based messages. People are telling me how great I am and awesome and inspiring. And I and I am thankful and grateful for each one of them. But I, to me, I just see it on a bigger level. I see, I, see, I see humanity. I see that from day one, you know, the school system is a big B for me because I feel like I was misled. You know, I didn't get taught how, to, how credit works. I didn't get taught finances. I didn't get taught the shit that I actually use on a daily basis. I put out a post the other day. I said, you know, how many people are actually successful because they know how to do quadratic equations? like what the fuck i don't use quadratic i use shakespeare sometimes right? once in a blue moon right thou shall not fucking do whatever right but has the geometry
1: same... ever helped <laughs> you ever you ever. know i
0: ever been like no. well, shit, thank god yeah. i know geometry yeah you can remember i can
1: remember yeah. geometry no
0: so i think the, con- <laughs> the conundrum just understand this right when i put out this show i have always been in kind of a a, a tough Love with the show because the show takes a lot of time, and I'm like, well, Ryan, are you gonna own a marketing company and put out a a show? And this podcast is not gonna be is not a podcast. This is a show, you know. And I mean, I, I know this is a show. We've you know and we've already had like networks, you know, knock on the door and be like, hey, you know, Ryan, could you come to your show under our umbrella? And I, I believe in 100% ownership, baby. I own all my shit. My catalog is my shit. You ever want access to it? We'll, we'll work out a licensing deal. But you better know at the end of that licensing deal, I'm gonna retain ownership of my shit. Period. Right? Which comes into yeah, systemic racism. Which to. comes, which comes into systemic racism and why the heart of systemic racism has has a, a commerce element to it, a money, a monetary element to it. We won't talk about that today, but that's a big part of it. Um, but that that at that time, it's always. I put out things sometimes that I it festers in my mind you know what direction do I want to go I'm at this intersection you know people said people have been saying Brian man you really love this podcast you love this show we see you love the show you're great at the show and you're really a lot of people who know me closely too they're like for the first time ever you actually have a project that I can see is actually fully showing who you are right when you're a marketer you're you know doing marketing stuff for for clients and stuff you you know it's only one element of you right but when you can be a father and when you can be a husband when you can be a friend when you can be a a thought leader when you can disturb shit when you can provoke when you can be curious all in one project it's liberating like it's like a drug right and it's uh it's tough to say because you're like wow i'm so known as a marketer and i'm like i'm so loyal to that of me but it's true you know and evan carmichael i mean he he touched on he said yo man that's just not that's just not your full expression of who you are right but that could be said about everybody you went to school to become a lawyer it doesn't mean that's your full expression you know no, somebody no, could, certainly somebody, not. somebody could and be a and do- we
1: know it's not and yeah somebody somebody not.
0: could be a doctor you know and went to school for 15 16 17 years to become a surgeon or a special or specialized that's not the full expression of who they are so I feel like humanity now in general is starting to understand that you're not just your title anymore like you're not go to school get a degree and here's what you are there's so much more to the average person right and that's why yes when somebody comes on my show as a guest i mean we've talked about law when you come on but man we have talked about so much more than law oh my god i mean i think i think we've only talked about law a little bit i think thank it's been god because like tw- we would bore most people no so but that's that's the exciting part of it right it's like you know when you go and talk i know you did your your mood on the weekend and when you're talking about to these kids who are you know in law school and want to become lawyers and aspiring and things like that you know to sit there and just talk to them about law i'm like but, but what about the lifestyle what about like the pitfalls and you're telling them the, the true story and the context around it
1: well funny what I spent my keynote talking about was and you don't look like a lawyer
0: I mean you look so cool for a lawyer
1: (laughs) thank you um no I mean what I spent most of my time talking about is is basically what you just said about titles you know the titles that we ascribe to people put them in a box. And we ascribe certain characteristics and, you know, I think one of the greatest pitfalls of the criminal justice system and the reason why recidivism is so prevalent is that we label people a criminal and we Mm. give them a criminal record and we treat that as a character reference right the criminal is a bad person and evil and can't be trusted and therefore you know should never be allowed into the workforce well if Mm. you take someone out of the workforce and it's similar to what you're saying about you know the commerce element of racism which factors heavily into the criminal justice system right Mm. when you take away someone's ability to have legal meaningful gainful employment what do you expect them to do to feed themselves? Right. Mm. They have no choice, but to return to a criminal lifestyle. So, and I try to teach that now more so than teach about, you know, the law or lawyer life. Cause quite frankly, they'll figure that shit out in law school and beyond. But I want people to enter law school and I want all these young students. And I try to teach society at large that like, you know, I even still having been a lawyer for 12 years, I still spend more of my life as a criminal than as a (laughs) lawyer right even still at 12 years out right because I started breaking when I was really young I started getting into trouble like 10 11 years old and I didn't exit that lifestyle until I was 25 in my first semester of law school so you know the fact is like people can change and we can make that transition but if we use labels and allow those labels to keep people stuck then you Mm. have no choice but to perpetuate that cycle so Mm. you certainly don't have to to sell me on that on that concept that we can save that whole topic for another day for sure (laughs) um But so I I guess that's, you know, sort of circling back to my original question about how the most important thing you can buy yourself is time is I guess, because of, you know, the limitations of time in any given day and in any given, you know, week, month, year, lifetime. Um, Is there any single purchase that you have made like an actual purchase Mm -hmm. that was life altering because, you know, episode 74 is sort of a misnomer right that's the marketer in you buy this one thing that will change your life It's like the infomercial of the year and Mm. you drew people in in order to give them and the value you gave to them was like Time you can't Mm. actually buy it, but it's the most valuable thing you can have So is there any one purchase that you've made that you're like super proud of that was like a defining moment for you as like a gift to your own career like hey, I'm gonna buy this for myself to like signify a certain level of success
0: yeah, you know, you told us episode, so, God, 20, yeah, episode yeah.
1: 27, you know, you cracked open a bottle of cognac. So we now know, like us listeners know that you are someone who will reward yourself for a job well done. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. And it's something no. that I, I'm definitely big on. I think that, yeah. you know, we have to celebrate our own successes and you know, some of the best advice I ever heard was you have 24 hours to celebrate your successes and 24 hours to mourn a loss, then keep going. And for me, you know, those are words I live by. So what is there one purchase over the years? And maybe it was an investment. Maybe it was a home. Maybe it was a toy for, you know, your firstborn, but something that says, you know, you've reached the next level here or some reward. That's just so meaningful to you.
0: It's my whole life. uh, To be honest, it's uh, I, I have built and designed a life Uh, bit by bit Um, to be able to be home or wherever you want to be and have full flexibility of your time. You know, my wife and Nora and I have had uh, a date night twice in three and a half years and we've accumulated been away from our kids for five hours since my first son was born and to be able to have a life where you live in two provinces and you can move about in the way you want you have resources flexibility um and yeah you know you know you go buy something you don't even look at the price of it you know and have all that material stuff to me is is everything i mean the first thing i you know i, I did my little apartment condo flip at 18 that was big for me cuz i you know throughout the whole duration of my childhood we never owned a property moved around like 25 times so for me i crave stability in that way so that's the mundane side of me um, 23 i bought my first house you know which was like an actual bona fide brand new beautiful home and did that so that was huge um and i like certain things i love experience love traveling you know and i I like doing things a certain way i mean i wanna you know i don't like cheaping out on experiences or memories my kids you know we have so much great memories their dad is is around and mom 24 7 you know always accessible that to me is is huge because I'm, I'm 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 trying to raise some amazing pillars of society for the future you know and i want them to be like man my pops and my mom are like the best you know and i literally had i don't need my kids to worship me but i just want them to be like, like my parents were fucking amazing humans like straight up they killed it um that,
1: that's kind of akin to your your kids worshiping you right well <laughs> you like know a, I, mean, a, I mean i mean and i did and, and, I, and there's it, something wrong with that no you, know, you want to be Ideal role yeah. model, you want to be yeah. dad they're proud of. And that's, yeah. I don't know. You don't know you don't yeah. All. Yeah. Someone who also grew up without a, a, a my actual dad around, I get it, right? Like, yeah. he, there's an appreciation that I have for men that actually stick around to raise their kids. I think that it's so I, easy I, I, I in I this society the for dads
0: to walk away it is I, I bought all the toys you know i mean I, I remember i bought my first bmw i was so jacked i thought my bmw was great but i've never flaunted stuff at all like in the sense like people know like it's it's weird it's like people are always kind of you know make those in, you know innuendo comments about like wow so lucky or wow that's great man or you know i i mean i have nice clothes nice jewelry i mean i have everything i want it's weird because I, I can literally say like somebody says ryan what would you like as a gift i'm like i don't I don't, I don't, I have everything. I have doubles and triples of, of certain things. And there is certain things that I love. I love watches. I love accessories. Um, you know, I like, I like my hair fresh once a week. It's little things, you know, I like, I like being able to maneuver and I like having all that. And I, you know, two things I'm always, two things I'm scared of is to be broke again, and to and to 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 not be a good father those are my two fears that i'm just like they're always in the back of my head never be broke again and never be a bad dad
1: wow <laughs> words to live by so okay we're gonna jump forward sure. um quite a bit i want to jump to episode 96
0: sure sure
1: this february you're in Toronto. Um, you interviewed Swiss Gosami. I'm hoping I'm yeah, 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 it. yeah, Swiss, yeah, Swish.
0: yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You interviewed him at the Google headquarters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic interview. Uh, what an amazing—I don't want to say kid because it sounds demeaning—but my God, he's like 23 years old and <laughs> such a powerhouse. Yeah, oh like, yeah. Like such a powerhouse. I listened to that interview, you know, preparing for today, and I'm like how does i I think back to myself at 23 and holy this kid's light years ahead yeah Uh, and it's really phenomenal one of the things that he said which really resonate with me and i say it a lot to young lawyers you know I, i tell young lawyers don't ever let your ego get in the way of a good defense. Mm. Don't be afraid to lose, right? Mm. If you have to get creative for a client, if you have to you know, ask the difficult questions, challenge the officer's behavior, conduct, recollection of events, whatever the case may be, even if you lose, so what? If that's the defense that you need to pursue for your client, this isn't about you or your ego. And one of the things that Swish said in your interview was, you need to be okay hearing no 99 times to get to the yes. Mm. And the, the two of you had a discussion about that. It was in relation to, to um, sourcing of funds. Of course. So, so we know that you have a ton of fans. We know that your fan base has increased, your listeners have increased, your numbers have gone up. You know, that's obvious. But do you have haters? <laughs> have you got hate mail
0: oh, over yeah. the years? Yep.
1: And, and if so... I want I want to know why because I can tell you I've done cases that hit the news and I've gotten hate mail from across the country yep. where you know people have called me some of the most horrific names because I've done a good job for a client they didn't like and so I want I want to know you Ryan Holt. have you had you know the unfortunate experience of hate mail and if so you know what episodes or what comments did you make to incite that
0: Oh, I mean, I got, I, I have, I get lots of hate mail. I mean, I, I can't say it's on a specific episode, but I mean, some of the reviews we've gotten written are like, Ryan is so full of himself that he feels that you know he doesn't even let his guests talk, you know, or you know, I basically view myself in a light that because people just remember, it's amazing the way people's brains work, but I respect it. They they think the fact that I'm I'm going in to ask a certain question that shouldn't be asked because I think that i'm better than the person i'm asking like people actually interpret that as that when it's not that it's i'm curious nobody else wants to ask this question uh, you're giving me your time right now i'm gonna ask the fucking question i want to ask these questions right. um and everything that you know people are like well ryan holtz show podcast and ryan holtz marketing and this guy's got his name on everything that he does you know team holtz and all these things and it's like that's that's. I've been having hate my whole life, man. I mean, I've been I've been having people sabotage. I had I've had so many people try to sabotage me. I've had people write fake reviews of on the marketing side. I've had people try to kibosh deals that I was gonna get. I've extreme. I've I've experienced racism in the in the in the business world. I I, I can't say somebody came up and said you know you're the you dropping an N bomb or anything like that, but they are doing it in their sly on paper ways, right? If you want to fuck somebody You fuck somebody black and white You know this You play around with words all day long for a fucking living Words and actions is what you day trade on On a daily basis So people always want to try to fuck with you They want to fuck with your shit And they know that if they can fuck with your commerce Or your business That's going to be a direct hit on you Right? But what they don't understand Is a winner is always going to try to find a way to fucking win Right? Throw your fucking shit at me I'll take it. I can take it because it, to me it's all of mine. Give me all the bullshit. Hate, I don't like hate. I I I and for people who are listening to me too that do do hate on me, I guess I could say is I do hear you. I'm not going to say like you don't matter. You matter. I'm a I'm a perfectionist. I want to get better. I'm going to actually listen to that one no more than I'm going to listen to the 99 yeses because I'm like, well, where can I improve on? This is what winners do. You can ask a million people out there. They're like, why did that one dislike really bother me? And I got like a 500,000 likes on it because you're always trying to get better. It's the way we're programmed. Winners always try to find a way to win. It's unfortunate, but it's needed. Nobody in the world who's done anything crazy or great did not get some hate. You ha- you're going to always be revered before you're fucking worshipped. Like, look at all the leaders. Can you imagine the guy that invented the airplane? He says, yo, I'm going to invent something that you're going to fly through the sky in. Dude, you're fucking nuts. Get out of here. Put him in the saint asylum. <laughs> it comes with the territory. And I, it, and 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 people listening and you two and me, I always remind myself, it's not like I don't want this to sound easy. And all haters are going to hate and just get on to the next one. It hurts sometimes. It does. It affects me. I'm an emotional person sometimes. So when somebody says something, I want them to know it affects me, but then I need that same person to know that I've heard their voice. I'm still them. They're still a part of the team holds family. But when I'm on that treadmill and I'm going forward, know that I have a picture of your face and I'm going to run right through your fucking soul because I'm coming period. That's it. (laughs) That's how I feel about haters.
1: All right. So that's, that's in general. I'll give you an example like I think back on my career and I can think of two specific cases that generated more hate mail and more emails and more negative responses to me than anyone else and I didn't respond to any of them because quite frankly that you know it is what it is and I've got a job to do and I did a good job for this particular client. So is there any one episode or one guest in which the conversation was controversial or even if it wasn't a guest, if it was one of your solo podcasts, but is there something that you said that just sort of triggered a response from people, and how did you handle that? And there may not be.
0: I, I can't say I've had but anything specific. Some, some of
1: co- some, some of my some most yeah, that
0: I do. Some well, and a lot of it's been with you, right? I mean, a lot. <laughs> you and I, you and I have had you and I have had a lot of a lot of great uh, crazy you know great conversations, right? I mean. I wouldn't say anybody's said anything direct. A lot of the comments I get on, though, like, especially for uh, critiques and and criticism, though, is that, you know, I drop the F-bomb sometimes, and I don't, like, I don't come into certain situations very politically correct. What I'm saying I don't think is a lie or or anything that way, but I think people are just like, man, can you at least put a little cotton candy on it? Um, Controversial episodes that I've had, uh, you know, The George Floyd one, for sure, you know, because I'm talking about racism. That was a recent one. Um, You know, people are like, well, you know, this and that. I haven't. It's interesting. I haven't had a lot of hate directly that way. Um, But sometimes I look at the numbers and I look at kind of the general consensus. There's just a certain energy, though, you know, when you put something out, like you can feel it, you know. And um, I literally had somebody go on iTunes and I think they created five different usernames and wrote just terrible reviews. And they were all sequentially. And I just kind of thought, like, whoever did that, at least do it on different days. Like, don't go in, like, 20 minutes later. Like, you know, come on, man. Think like a criminal. Like, don't go do all the hits on one day. Shit. Like, space that shit out, right? you know so you know you gotta figure
1: that that person's got a lot of extra time (laughs) on their hands wow if (laughs) you there and and take that much time and effort i almost take that as a compliment (laughs) like you have so little time in life that you want to dedicate that much to telling me how much of an asshole i am i don't know i kind of think like wow i took up that much a day
0: i haven't had a lot of mentors jordana i mean i haven't had a lot of people like i've had coaches i've had very specific people who have you know offered me really great insight i had an old boss her name is val i mean i still keep in contact with her she's a fantastic woman she said you know right you could be in this position but you know you are are far more um and you know i always go back to my mom because i mean just those those 13 years of foundation that she gave me that i still like i can hear that voice in my head um my wife you know my best friend team Holtz. you know it's that's, you know, always consistently, you know, Ryan, what's your issue today? You know, well I have this thought, imagine living with me, right? Like, so, you know, I was just thinking of this, <laughs> right? You know, and I'm like, and I don't think I'm an easy person. Like, I'm, 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 I'm intense, you know, but I'm intense in a loving way, but I'm intense. Like, I'm, you're never, you're never going to walk by the living room. And I'm just like sitting on the couch, like just laid back, like hardcore, like not, you know, visible with life. Like if I'm watching a program, I'm like, oh my God, you got to come look at this. Look at the transition that happened. Like, why did that person say that? Why was that character that way? It's like, just watch the fucking movie, right? Like I have to be involved in whatever. Like, you're like, why are you asking I'm, shit I'm like laughing,
1: this? I'm laughing, but none of that surprises me. None <laughs> of that. Like, and I've only known for a year. You know, we've hung out a few times face to face, yeah. but none of that surprises me in the slightest.
0: <laughs> like I have a lot of respect like for people and life and even though i'm somewhat of an introvert that's a great extrovert when needed i i love my own time i love i never you know I, I always feel like a general never travels with their army i i'm always you know solo but i always say behind that person there's a whole fucking army ready to rock just you know be careful you know tread lightly but i always am you know i'm very smooth in my movements i'm very very i'm very intentional in my movements. I don't do anything I don't want to do, you know? And that's why I do try to keep myself in check because sometimes, you know, I'm a passionate person. I don't want to make any bad decisions that, you know, are were were, were formed from emotion, right? And that's that. Do I get hate though? That's yes. Fair? Lots.
1: You talked about the George Floyd episode, which was episode 98. And mm. um rather than us delving into what would probably be a multi-day conversation over racism and, you know, the underpinnings of commerce, which I would get into on the, you know, industrial prison complex. Like that's a whole other issue that we're going to park for maybe an episode in the future. But today's episode 100 about the Ryan Holtz journey. Yes. And so thinking back on your journey with this podcast and in light of, you know, some of the things you said and even just like your own personal need to comment in a solo podcast about, you know, the the current movement against um, systemic racism. Do you feel you have a personal responsibility to help the black community specifically? And is that something that's factored in to what you do and what you've created? Or have you more taken the holistic approach of just trying to provide value and content to the community at large without, you know, even a consideration of race? Like, is that something that's played out in your, you know, career and throughout this podcast? I know yeah. you got an award by Buy Blacks, the uh, yeah. fabulous podcasters award, Yeah. but throughout the years, is that something that, you know, you've done and, and you've worked within the community?
0: You know, it's because I'm half black, half white. It's it's such a conundrum because it's, you know, for the better part of my childhood, I was raised by uh, white, white people. My mom was white. We didn't have any like, you know, and I I mean, it's I didn't even know that side of me. The first time I ever went to Jamaica, I think, was at age I, I, I'm trying to I mean, I want to say in between, I, I think, 20, maybe like 1920, like the moment I could had enough money where I'm like, yo because there was this insatiable desire to go see where I was actually from, half of it. Because I couldn't figure out why everybody's like, well, you're black. <laughs> because I, I'm like, well, I'm half German too, though. They're like, you're <laughs> black, though. You're right? Like, <laughs> I get yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. And I always, you know, knew that. But I'm like, but I, I, like, I can't disown one because I'm the other. And there's this, you know, if you talk to a lot of mixed or biracial or however, you know, mulatto, whatever the pe- people want to call it, I say it's just straight up half black, half white. If you talk to other people like that, they'll tell you the same thing. Like, man, Jordan, I feel kind of like you're in that middle ground because you're like, man, I got I got white people that have supported me really well. And I love them. And I, that's a part of my blood. And I got on the black side. The fact that I show up and I'm there, I'm black. Like I have friends, right? We always just laugh even in the club days, right? You always see people driving by. I feel like because I'm black, and if I'm walking on the street, they turn up their bass or something. It's like they 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 got they got they got Jay Z, Hard Knocks, Life going, and they want me to turn around. Like I I never give anybody the satisfaction of rubbernecking back. Like even if you got a sweet ride, I'm like, yo man, like your ride, cool. How do I get one? Like you know what I'm saying? Like no problem. But I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, like can I sit in it? Can I take pictures with? Like I don't, I've never been that way. I'm cool, you know. I'm cool. I'm happy for you. But I, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to stroke your ego. I got I got to get on mine, you know, and so people always say, Ryan, you're kind of like, how do you bridge the gap? Because you're you're you, you act so black in certain ways, but then you're so politically correct. So great. So the way you present yourself, it's really, you know, it's really awesome um, that serves the black community on itself. Because people, it's like, they're trying to commercialize, right? And say, hip hop, you're a great athlete. Oh my God, you like shoes. Like, I mean, you still hear these things. Like, what are black people known for? And it's like, you haven't done your homework. Like we're known, you know, black people are known for so much more than their music, you know, their clothing. And the culture is huge. And you have a lot of people making a lot of money on the culture, except for black people. Right? Right. Look at the Nike board of execs. I mean, it, the the thing looks like we're gonna go to Ukrainian household for dinner. They all white, brown hair, all these things, no problem. I owe us. I owe. I owe my blackness, so to speak, one hundred percent. You know, I love being black. God, I love being black. Like I really do. I'm like, yo, the stuff that I can pull off, whether it's what I'm wearing, the personality um we got swag you know i'm saying like you know the way we handle ourselves but if you can wrap that up into a package that is focused that understands that you know money how money flows how investments flow how the world is seeing you the history in which we were brought over here all these things you can be an absolute powerhouse right um I have a lot of views on what's going on. And as much as I love being black, some of my worst uh haters and enemies are black. And I can, you know, no love. No love from the black community. Like in a lot of ways that way, right? And I've personally felt that when a, a black person sees another black person doing well, there's this certain like, okay, for instance, I ha- I've literally had a dark black dude tell me Ryan, you have it easier because you're lighter. <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, okay, Oreo. Like what, like, what are we doing here? Are we doing mocha? Are we doing dark chocolate? Are we going Tyrese? You know, are we going genuine? Where are we going with this, right? So, I'm just like, are you telling me this, the pigment of my skin, right? Now, this gets into the white pigment. takes away from the hard work you've done, right? you feel oh, that? Do you feel, I,
1: I know oh. people who think, that, you know, because my last name's Gold list and I'm Jewish, somehow my parents were connected and I must have had some advantage and I must have gone to, you know, one of these private schools. Meanwhile, I went to fucking seven different high schools and dropped out for three years. Like, do you know what I mean? My... my Jewish heritage has absolutely no connection whatsoever to like my status today in life. It's pure grind, hustle, hard work, like that's it. And and really all me. And I know it is for you too. I know your history and your background and how hard you worked and saved and worked again and you know, planned, right? Like mm. people don't appreciate the amount Of planning that goes into your success, and that's that's huge. People think it's random and it falls from the sky. And intention and strategy, but
0: but I just want to say I want to say this: it there's no person in the world that will ever get me to say white or black or Middle Eastern or Jewish or Asian or Indian or Indigenous. Nobody, I'm Team Human first and foremost. Because if I was ever to go on that level of the conversation, what a slap in the face to everybody else who's not black. That's fucking bent over backwards for me. Like, I I, I got great people from all walks of life, all nationalities that have done so many great things for me. I would never be disrespectful to ever cast them with these bad apples that you do see who are racist and whatnot. That being said, I'm not... I'm not... um, ignorant to the fact that racism exists and i'm a black man traveling in a world that you know you know maybe there's a target in some senses so to speak right when i deal with cops or i deal with any of that i mean i know how to conduct myself you know i conduct myself in a certain way but at the same token i'm like i see myself like yo you're just as temporary as i am right but i think again you know you really have to understand who you're walking with and what circles you're walking within and i think that that is a major major thing the black community itself i love it but we need more representation but you got to get out of the fucking streets and into the fucking boardrooms okay you got to get commerce you know what you got to do with everybody on the street put in five bucks in a fucking hat go around buy your first fucking property Flip that shit or start a business out of it. you got to get into the areas where decisions are being made. It's not rocket science, right? That being said, I get it. Oppression, dads aren't in the household, you know, you know, slavery. These things are generational. They run deep. They're brutal. They're terrible. But we do live in 2020. We do have social media and we do have an equalizer. And there's, you know, people are talking about white privilege, white privilege nobody gives me my privilege nobody says Ryan today I'm gonna allow you to fucking make something of yourself I'm taking that so I don't even like the conversation like people I swear to all these like some white people are walking around now like I never thought I had white privilege I have white privilege and they're actually like I I can't believe myself right now like oh my god I didn't think about it that way (laughs) Be careful the messaging you're putting out with that too, because that's not good either, right? Right. Like you walk around you're saying you have Jewish, to- do you have Jewish pri- privilege? Right. Mazel tov. Do you run around? Hm, I have Jewish pri- privilege. It's like I have tattoo privilege. Like I don't know. I have gun privilege. Like yo, you don't, you can't think of things that way, you know. And and, no, and I- the team, the team human element has to stay there. And watch how much media you consume, and and fact check what you're what you're bringing in. But yes, I'm black. I'm very proud to be black. I, I I love supporting my community. I love the sheer fact that I'm when I show up, I'm black. I don't need to announce into the room I'm black when I walk into the room. For everybody's listening, like you know I'm black. I don't like I could wear I could look like Carlton, okay, off like, fresh Prince right with the khaki pants. He still and looks the golf black. Shirt. He black, right? You he representing He's when somebody see when some people see me streaming on their social media, they're like. Well, that's a black person. Now, let me ask you this: in Canada, like even for yourself, how many brothers or sisters do you see streaming in your social media that's doing like dynamic, different things? Like, it's it's not, and I'm not asking as a as an intentional question. I'm just simply saying, just factual, non-emotional. Like, what do you? I mean, now well, you're seeing stuff because everybody's for me you know.
1: Personally, yeah, but I mean, for me personally, I follow some phenomenal leaders that are really trying to make a difference in the criminal justice system. Yes, and so I do. There, are, there are a number. Uh, there's one woman that I follow who's just a force named zaya brown she's got um, an organization called think twice she's been going into the prison system for years think about other names though
0: just one sec though but but and don't mention too many because i don't want you to give an opinion on specific people but do they do you feel in your heart there they should have more impact there should be more reach or do you feel they're marketing their message enough so that people understand it meaning great message great heart i get it you know trying to find solutions doing the stuff but are they you know don't confuse movement with progress is progress being made and and it are they packaging it up so that people who maybe don't understand it can easily consume it no okay no
1: it's very much confined to the market it's geared to which is you know within the criminal justice system and the the movement to try to correct it and i think that's one of the greatest problems for progress is that it's not accessible enough of a message or a campaign to reach that wider audience it's needed to truly affect change
0: yeah and, and keep in mind the criminal justice system which i get that's your community but the criminal justice system is going to be impacted when the masses start understanding how the criminal justice system really works like oh in absolutely my opinion. right
1: no absolutely because so- otherwise no one cares Otherwise, no. I mean that's why I'm trying to change the narrative of around a criminal record what it means to have a criminal record is you know it's really a resume and not a character reference and once the yes. major society starts recognizing that that really a criminal record just marks what someone was doing at a particular time in their life, as opposed to you know being representative of who they are as a person. When we start changing that line of thought, recidivism will go down, streets will become safer, people will stop randomly shooting up parks and malls, and anyways I can go on. But I but agree with you. No, no, you're
0: but this is what's interesting because you're not, you're not black, but you're a different background. I mean, you're Jewish. I mean, God, Jewish people have been, I mean, my God, like there's been bad things that's happened to Jewish people, right? Oh, like I'm, black people.
1: I'm peop- a descendant yep, of Holocaust yes. survivors. So, so black yeah. people aren't Dependent the only itself.
0: ones, black people aren't the only ones in the world that have had bad things happen. My point though, is that when you're talking, like, you know, I'm sure you have friends too. They have a great point. The crusade is going. The cause is awesome. The messaging is there. And you don't, you don't want to ever You're like yo that's my homie Like I love them I don't want to ever make them But you're like You're kind of missing A few things though Like you got to make A couple tweaks And I think your message Can get out more That's like You know when somebody Starts yelling and swearing at you Chances are You stop listening You're like I- I'm Absolutely. not listening to anything You have to say to me Like As soon as that happens Even if you were in the ra- Even if that person Was in the right And you were in the wrong Everybody walking by Is like look at that Crazy person right there and as soon right. as somebody says that, that's it. Credibility, gone. Ears closed, defense is up. No progress made. Be- I love protesting, but protesting can move lateral. But did you move anything? And for the record, when you protest about you want equality, don't start smashing up black your own black-owned businesses that are actually trying to contribute into the community in which the problems are there. So there's a lot of counterintuitive things that I'm seeing go on out there. And that to me is where the rationale and the intellect really have to start taking more of a voice to say, you want progress? Hey, man, me too. I'll bust my ass to get progress. What, what do you need from me? But there's a certain position and tone and way I think that it needs to happen. And I think that if it that's achieved, it can happen on a big, big level. That's my take. Cuz if I start smashing 99. If I start smashing stuff up, I'm going to have to call Jordana cuz now I got to go to the courthouse that's not even open and I'm going to be standing like right. right. so you see how it's counterproductive for me?
1: it's totally counterproductive your child's in like 2026 (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) at at this rate that's where we're heading that's
0: that's terrible so i
1: want to i want to ride on the on the coattails of progress and bring us back to episode 100 here um and i want to just go back one episode to episode 99 and talk about your conversation with evan carmichael sure um you know it was it was really a phenomenal episode in terms of the manner in which it was conducted and i've said this before it's what incited me to reach out to you and say listen you need to be interviewed uh you need to be the subject of your interview for episode 99 or episode 100 episode 99 was sort of tipping the scales of that right evan Mm -hmm. wanted you to get value from him Mm. right which was the of what you normally think about in terms of an interview right you're trying to expose the the interviewee and one of the things you asked was how to monetize the podcast and how to expand it and take it to the next level and what what he would do and one of the things he asked you and you and i have had this conversation you know off record before is what do you want to do in terms of balancing? the marketing company with the podcast and the show, right? Because, and we talked about this a little bit earlier about time, the limitations of time to really accomplish both. And he asked whether or not you would be prepared to hire someone to step mm. in mm. and do, you know, the heavy lifting, yep. do yep. the dirty work. Yep. And you're just going to buy it, like the closer, right? Cause you're yep. still going to be the face of the company, but you're going to dedicate more of your time you know, advancing this podcast so that you know we come up on the heels of the Joe Rogan hundred million dollar deal. Yes, uh, yes. They think you know not too long ago. So, how much time has elapsed since you actually did that podcast with Evan Carmichael? What was the date of that conversation? Do you remember?
0: It's only been it's less than two weeks ago. Less than two weeks ago that we actually did that that episode. So it's fresh.
1: So for the last two weeks, you've been able to take that advice from, you know, Evan Carmichael, two plus something million, you know, subscribers on YouTube. This guy's massive, huge following. And his advice to you is sort of like, if this is what you want to take to the next level, Ryan, you need to focus on this. You need to take a step back from marketing and you need to make this your priority. Is that your plan now moving forward? Like we've talked about your journey from 1 to 99 or to 100 you know looking forward is that what you want to do with the ryan holt show podcast
0: well it's interesting because he he also brought up legacy of life and he said you know i can tell when you're talking to me you're not in this for like the next three months or six months he's like this is you as for life like you have this commitment you I can, he's like i can hear it in you and he yeah, yeah was, we'll
1: be talking rocking chairs i know
0: yeah yeah and he was <laughs> and he was he was literally you know when he came on that, the episode, he was really happy to talk to me. Like his, he was like energy. Like when I seen his face, right. When the Skype came on, like the guy was ready to go. And you know, it was, it. you know, what you put out into the universe. It's amazing. Cause it does come back, you know, and it, it it's got this way of energy and I do. And I love your words of, you know, transference of energy. Cause I believe in that 100%. You put out bad stuff like you're not going to get good, but, um, I love, I love marketing. It's my baby, you know, but it's I, I do love this, and I look at my life, and I'm like, well, I'm 36 years old. I just turned 36 years old in April. Where am I going to have my biggest impact? You know, because for me, I really want impact. I'm never really worried about money in the sense of, like, that, because when you have impact, the money always comes. Like, my businesses, for me, the moment I've served and had impact – you know, I, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't come speak. Or, hey, no, you know, you're not the client for me. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need to come out and pitch you on what I do. Um, But when I started the podcast, just remember, this is why I'm still a little bit shocked is that I never thought this podcast would be like a business in the sense of like monetarily. I thought it could be a great lead generator. I thought it could be great to, you know, increase brand and awareness. Kind of like a marketing tool for myself, Without saying, call Ryan Holtz for all your marketing needs. Because I think that shit is right. a lot very cheesy, right? But then fast forward into this world that is traditional media is not doing well. You know, how many times do you flip on a, a, a traditional TV station, sit down and watch all the commercials? You know, like never, you know, radio, same thing. And I'm a personality and I've always felt as an entrepreneur... I've never got to showcase my personality as much as I want to unless I'm on a stage speaking. And it just so happened every time I would go on a stage speaking, that's when more things would happen. So the podcast was, hey, this is an area that Ryan, you can come, you can kind of take, you remember how he talked about buckets, you know, he's like, Ryan, you got you all these eight buckets. Some people only have one bucket to pull from. You have like eight buckets. This project for me, it literally is all eight buckets. You got to market, you got to source guests, you got to talk to guests, you got to research. You got to push, you got to like, it's, there's so many different aspects to it. So for me, I, I do love, I do love the podcast. I, it, it is, I have thought about it for the last little while. I've been thinking about this for a long time though. This has been a, a half a year back, a thought for me that I'm like, well, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to make a move here because you know, because I'm not good at focusing on multiple things. I'm, I have family personal, so that's great. That's taken care of. That's perfect. But when it comes to business, I'm like, no, no, what's going on here? What are you doing with that? Because once I go all in, that's it, right? And then I, and then I don't look back because I don't believe in looking back. I only move forward. So to answer your question, I love the show. I can have a lot of impact here. And I've literally just been kind of trying to figure out. And I've also talked to some people trying to figure out, you know, do you, do you integrate some of your marketing? The advertiser route, we're going to bring on advertisers. I mean, we we have to and we'd be stupid not to, um, you know, but is an advertiser is going to come and write a check and say, you know, say my name a couple times, read a commercial or is the advertiser going to look more like, well, I want to come on as an expert like you do, you know, and and say, this is my this is my expertise. Then I get to we still get to wrap up content, ship you out content because you're a lawyer, God knows you're not going to be on final cut editing a video because that's very time consuming, you know, and is there a need for that? And can, and is there a way to hybrid that as far as the other business goes for the big accounts and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I could hire somebody or I could say, you know, fuck it. That's it, man. Let's get the check, sell it, take the bag and, uh, say that's it. You know, Ryan Oates marketing. I'll retain my name. Non-compete to the clients for two years. Fuck it. Go to the podcast and it's not a podcast, it's a show. It's a full-blown show. And, and that's where the YouTube is really going to come in hardcore. Because I've only been at this thing. And I mean, this is, for everybody listening too, I've only been at this thing. I mean, this is only maybe 12, maybe 17% of my effort, this podcast. Right? Let's be clear on that. Maybe 17. So, if I if I put in another 70% effort, this thing's going. It's already going. Like, I'm surprised that 17% where we're at. I'm like, what the hell? This thing's amazing. <laughs> you know like I'm like, is there a level of luck because I know we hate the word luck, but I'm like, well shit, something's moving like because I, I I don't want to sit here and take all the credit like I, I just I don't want to take all the credit. It's a lot of work, but man, there's been some universe type things that have came and said, dude, come back, come back here, come back like I've literally tried to veer off a bit come back, come back. And then people like yourself that have been a very intricate part, and I take pride in, in knowing. I take pride in the fact that I know that you know when something sucks and it's shit that you don't ever want to be a part of. And then you see something, even in the early stages, where you're like, "This shit, like I want to get in on this shit." That, my friend, right. is the Jew is the Jewish in you, right? You don't buy. You don't. You don't buy. You don't buy a stock or a piece of real estate when it's at its highest. You get in right. that shit when it's you know on like in the middle on the climb and you look back in five ten years on your investment
1: yeah but you get it on a market when it's a potential
0: well well executed moving potential because you know potential sitting there is just potential potential potato right (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah to answer your question i'm not entirely clear on uh, the podcast is coming in i don't know how i'm gonna um integrate the the Reinholds marketing if I'm gonna it's only a couple options either I'm gonna sell that and move on or I'm gonna figure out a way to integrate I don't think I want to hire anybody and have pass on ownership and have to deal with that to be honest with you because it it, you know it's it's great to say that but then that person quits then you're back in the seat gotta push the buttons I just don't know if I want to do that focus right now keep in mind you're talking to somebody that also you know my kids and my family are huge for me so I only have 24 hours in the day. I have to make sure that those 24 hours are going to the things that that actually matter, right? Um, does that answer your question? I do have an answer think, for, for where, where we're go- where, for where we're going because I know you brought that up because you're like, what was the next hundred look like, right? So
1: my last question for you sort of falls on the heels of where we're going and the progress we're making, and rather it being this, you know, big question of future plans I want to know if you could interview anyone dead or alive so anyone sort of inspired you moved you motivated you sparked your curiosity Uh, I want to know who that would be and maybe it's too hard to bring up you know to, to narrow it down to one let's say even you know your top five people if you could interview absolutely anyone Don't worry about the work that it would take to get them on, but just Mm -mm. from the perspective of satisfying your mandate for curiosity, Mm. who would you like to be able to interview?
0: Number one is my mom, the hands down. I would love to have just to sit across the table from my mom and chop it up, talk about life. The last time I see my mom was 13 years ago, like thir- at 13, I mean, I'm this 23 years ago. So I'm like, what does that look like? So my mom is number one. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I always love, love Barack Obama. I, I love Barack. I got some beef with Barack though too, but, um, I like him. I think he's, his, his vernacular Denzel Washington for me, um, there's some, this guy is, is, is not, there's something crazy about Denzel Washington and people are like, he's a great actor. He's fantastic. He's just that. this guy is, is a genius inside of his brain. Um, and he's, I don't think he's the nice, I think he's a great human. I don't think he's the nicest person. I think he's very specific in what he does. I, I watch his mannerisms, uh, a lot. um, interviewers wise that i've really taken a lot of uh i've really studied on how they interview people uh and whatnot is a combination of charlemagne the god because he's he's brutal and david letterman uh david letterman has this certain he, he people think david letterman is just fucking around with you he's not fucking around with you though. he's he's a genius interviewer in that he knows how to disarm you almost everybody like immediately off the hop like almost within the first question you can just see the people who are sitting there. Like they come in, they're media trained. They got their PR people. They went through everything, and he just comes in and busts all that up. And is like, okay, you're just talking to your uh, your other person. Um, per, you know, I obviously a lot of personal people, you know, that I love. That I love. It's interesting because I find you to be very. You're a very unique person uh, for me. So for you, uh, for you, I'd love to interview your mom about you i find that there's 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 synergy there there's so much unknown so much unknown so many things um (laughs) people don't keep coming back people don't you know stay in the game uh for you know a long time for no reason i do believe that sometimes people can stay in the game and they don't necessarily know why as that's progressing but if that energy is keeping in the game like i think that's something that everybody always has to ask like why because I think that it could say a lot about the person. It could also say a lot about the game itself. Um, sometimes it doesn't say anything about the person. But to me, energy, I'm fascinated with it because I'm like, well, why did I just feel so disconnected with that person? And all the variables were great. And then this other person you meet at a trash can in a back alley, you're like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> why is that? Like, I don't get it. There is no... there is no lighting cocktails nothing it was like why did i just relate to this person so so well you know and i've had a couple of those instances and i mean literally somebody you're sitting beside on a plane to um just random and you never exchange numbers you never continue it but you just kind of know like you met somebody on your frequency they know it you know it you never even had to say it right um So I'm curious, and I think you have a lot to bring to the world. And every time we do our podcast, and they are among my favorite too, 100%, is uh, people are, you can always tell people are like, this is an interesting person who's talking. I think people find you extremely intriguing, uh, very interesting, because behind the guns and the tattoos, there's just so much there. And it's so deep. And you use the word vacant, and it's like, I yeah, to a degree to a degree purposely but it's not vacant nobody can have no that but kind I, of... I
1: didn't use that
0: so no, no
1: put that in context I, okay. I use that in terms of like emotional Emotion. response and that's that's learned behavior right like of that's our purpose that was of like you know eight years in the game from the time i was 17 like i needed to be able to like just flip a switch on that so you like know the whole precipice and I of that, you though is that
0: do you know what the whole precipice of of why you do what you do though? In my opinion, if I was to get it down to one word, all the all the all the tattoos and the guns and the who judges the judge and the advocacy and the you know always representing for the underdog, it's care. It's complete care, it's complete empathy because you're not just somebody on the other side that came from a great family that's like no nope. I'm sorry you're going through it. No, no, no. You've been through that. There's that, there's a level of emotional. There's a level of personal for you. Like it's not just business. It's personal and it, it's personal and it has to be a bit.
1: For sure. But I mean, personal doesn't necessarily mean emotional in the sense of like, like I make it clear to all my clients, like I am not here to be your coach, your counselor, your therapist. Like I'm going to no. defend you. But the personal for me is that like a hundred percent, I want, I can see myself doing what most of my clients have done in some capacity or in some situation, you know, whether that's being at the wrong place, wrong time, or having to do what you do in order to survive. Like I get it. So yeah, it's like,
0: don't make it about your client though. I'm not making it about, I'm not making it about your client though. When I say, I'm not making it about your business, it's it's about you, but it's you, you're running the race against you. You're still running against yourself, right? And that's that's interesting because I feel like a lot of people... First of all, I think you should be thankful for that because I'm like, I think when people understand or they run that race against themselves, it's only yours to lose, but it's also yours to win. So oh, absolutely. It, it, it can go both ways, which I think is amazing. Some people run this whole race and they don't and realize... It's, and it's
1: up to you. I think 100%. people forget that they have... Yeah. A responsibility to themselves to do better and the ability to do better when they recognize that responsibility to themselves. You know, too many people are waiting for all the pieces to fall into place, something to open up for them, you know, some opportunity to fall in your lap. And it's like, fuck that, no opportunity is ever going to fall on my lap. I got to go get those opportunities, I got to go find them, make them happen, execute them. I have that responsibility to myself to be better tomorrow than I was yesterday. Like, that's just the way that I, I you know, this focus, is, really. This is
0: this is where the ego comes from, though, right? When people are egotistical, I don't think ego is bad. Like, everybody's like, ego, ego. I'm like, no, no, no. Everybody's got ego. It's how we use our ego, which dictates. But if you're somebody that's extremely arrogant, you think that, you know, you can shit on everybody and, you know, everybody's crap and this and that, and you're coming at people that way ego is stemmed from a disassociation of the guilt that you feel because you're not actually reaching your full potential right it's like somebody who's going and buying a beautiful car they and they they can't they don't even have ten dollars of gas to put in it but they're trying to live <laughs> the facade people spend a lot of time yeah. inventing uh, a, a byproduct character or a secondary character so that they don't have to go back to the shit that actually really bothers them So when I, when, when I ever meet somebody who's egotistical, I only have to ask a very certain set of a few questions to figure out why this person is the way they are. And I'm like, damn, go home today. My friend, give yourself permission. I want tonight before you go to bed, you know, just give yourself, just, just forgive yourself. Then come back tomorrow and start working at all that shit that you're trying to avoid, but drop the ego or get the fuck out of here
1: that's it and take responsibility for sure yeah surf. man so, so,
0: one so life your
1: mom of yourself take responsibility for your own shit but we've so digressed uh, happily yep. we normally do i love the i love the <laughs> spin that we go off in. i do it's, it's pretty cool um So I asked you if you could interview anyone, who would it be? You said your mom, number one, Barack Obama, Denzel Washington. Who else would be on that list of people that you haven't interviewed yet? You know, you threw my name in and I'm honoured to have, you know, a place in that list. But, like, who can we look forward to potentially or, you know, understand who you would love? Nothing more to to have in the hot seat on The Ryan Holt Show.
0: If you like this episode... Again, thank you so much for listening and your support. As a friendly reminder, please drop that five-star review on iTunes or anywhere you're consuming this podcast. And just a friendly reminder, we are on YouTube now. Go to youtube.com forward slash Ryan Holtz and click the notification bell and subscribe. We appreciate you. And remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Enjoy. Oh, oh,